Thank you for joining us for the Change Lives, Changing Lives radio broadcast, a ministry of New Day Christian Church. And remember, if you are ever in our area, please stop by. We'll make you feel right at home. Now, let's join Pastor George Logan for today's message. And today we're going to start with the power of faith. And so let's pray once more. Father, we thank you for this time to come together this morning. Thank you for everyone that's listening to us here in the sanctuary and also those who are listening to us online. I pray that you would open up the eyes of our understanding that we may know you and that we may know what is the hope of your calling upon each one of our lives in Jesus' name. And for it all, we give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. All right, so I want to talk to you today uh, uh, just kind of an opening for the power of faith. And we'll stay with faith for a little while. Uh, And, um, you know, the Bible tells us that um, faith um, uh, comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It also talks about now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Scriptures that you all are aware of and know, many of you all, I'm sure, know it uh, uh, in the Bible as well. And and today I want to just kind of open the door up for faith in such a way that I think you'll kind of understand as we go along with it how important it is uh, for us today to to walk by faith. So let's look at Matthew chapter 9 and verse 27. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 27. I'm going to tell you several stories, several cross-references of this particular story or scriptures that go along with this and about the blind men who received their sight and how they received their sight by faith. So Matthew chapter 9, verse 27, uh, and I'm reading out of the New King James Version on this one. It says, when Jesus departed from there, two blind men uh, followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? And they said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were opened, and Jesus sternly warned them, saying, See that no one knows it. But when they had departed, they spread the news about him in all that country. Now, the scripture that, that, that uh, or the phrase that I want us to kind of look at is one that I, as I pondered about the message of uh, faith and the, uh, the power of faith, uh, the scripture that, uh, that hit me or the phrase that hit me was, according to your faith, uh, let it be to you, or according to your faith, be it unto you. And to me, that's a powerful statement, according to your faith. In other words, not according to uh, Jesus' faith, not according to your parents' faith, not according to um, the church's faith, but it says, according to your faith, be it unto you. According to your faith, be it unto you. And, and the word according here basically means according to the aura, so to speak, of faith or the surrounding of faith or the extension of faith uh, that comes from you, be it unto you. In other words, we determine by our faith how we receive from God or what we receive from God. So according to your faith, be it unto you. Now, it's important for us to understand this piece because most people think it's all up to God. Like, God is the one who will determine whether or not I have it or not have it. 
Jesus asked the question, do you believe that I'm able to do this? And he said, yes. And Jesus said, according to your faith, be it unto you. In other words, all it took was his faith, the extension of that faith, to receive his sight. So according to your faith, be it unto you. And I believe God is saying that to all of us today. As we face circumstances, especially in these, uh, uh, as you've heard many times, these unprecedented times, uh, according to your faith, be it unto you. In other words, God's uh, ability to affect your life is not according to his ability, but according to your faith in acquiring his ability and having his ability come into your life. So according to your faith, be it unto you. Now, sometimes we, we think of faith is talking about the degree of faith, and we need to kind of understand what, what our faith is. We may have weak faith, right? There, there's a possibility that we could have weak faith. We may have sincere faith. You know, the Bible talks about faith unfeigned or sincere faith, meaning that you really are believing, but it's sincere. In other words, you're not playing games. So that's a sincere faith. It may not be great faith. It may not be strong faith, but it's sincere. It's, it's, it's about growing. It's about learning. It's about acquiring. So there's great faith. There's, there's sincere or unfeigned faith. There's weak faith. There's little faith. There's, there's all kinds of degrees of faith. And there's nothing wrong with any of those because, remember, uh, faith is also, uh, everyone has been given a measure of this faith. And a measure means that that measure can, can grow. It's like a tendon in your body or, or muscle tissue. Uh, all of us get a measure of muscle. And it's up to us to turn that measure that we have into more muscle. If we don't use it, it turns into mush, Right? It turns into, what is it, atrophy. And so, so, so there's, but we all have the same measure, right? And it's up to us to do something with it. You know, sometimes genetically we could have, you know, the density of our, of our muscles may be a little different than other people. Maybe some people, there's, there's different kinds of body types, ectomorph, mesomorph, endomorph. Y'all impressed with that, huh? Ecto, mendo, what's he talking about? But those are all kinds of body types. And, and you kind of work your body out relative to the type of body you have. You know, if you're ectomorph, that means you're kind of long and lean. And, and, and those long and lean ones, they're always talking about how much they can eat. And they can eat all day and stay the same size, you know, them kind of folk. Yeah. Don't you just love them? No, you don't love them folk. You tell them, you know, why, why can't I just eat everything? I can't eat everything. You know, I wish I could. Then there's mesomorphs. They're more stout, more muscular. You know, they kind of easily gain muscle mass and, and uh, not as much um, uh, fat, you know, much, you know, over. And then there's that endomorph. He got muscle. It's just endowed. <laughs> it's just kind of under. It's there, though. It's, and, and so he can work out all day, and, and, but he has to watch his diet a little bit to make sure that, that you know, he, he doesn't, you know, overdo it. So he has to do far more repetitions uh, than other people. Now, Uncle Michael here, he's, he's more of an ectomorph. He's kind of long and lean. He can eat ice cream at midnight and wake up the next morning. He done lost two pounds. I eat, I eat ice cream in the morning. At, at 12 uh, uh, a.m., 
and, and I got five more pounds in the morning. I can't do that. I got to work on that stuff. Some people don't have to work quite as hard on that. But all I'm saying is this, is that all of us have a measure of, of muscle. We have a measure of faith. And in this regard, it's all equal. We have the same measure of faith, but it's up to us to grow it. It's up to us to make it grow. And so uh, Jesus says something I think is astounding. He says, according to your faith, according to the extension of your faith, according to the extension of what you believe, that which surrounds you relative to faith, be it unto you, be it as to what you get. Now, some people get really upset with that because, um, you know, if somebody, someone gets sick or something or someone, uh, something happens and, and and I'm not saying this that they have a lack, a lack of faith or anything else. All I'm saying is that sometimes we don't have faith. We have faith in some areas, but we don't have faith in all areas. And sometimes we have to build our faith up in a particular area in order to be able to receive at, at, at that particular need or for that particular need in our life. It might be financially. Some people have a lot of faith for finances. Some people have little faith for finances. And so nothing wrong with either one. One's got to grow his faith. One has to sustain his faith. And so one is able to receive financially from God more than one who, who uh, has little faith because he just has little faith and he has to grow his. And it goes across the board here uh, concerning, um, concerning healing. But this blind man here, it says, according to your faith be it unto you, and he received his sight. All right? So another story along those same lines Matthew chapter 12, verse 22 says, Then a demon-possessed man who was blind and couldn't speak was brought to Jesus. He healed the man so that he could, so that he could both speak and see. So we see another blind man. Everybody say blind. We see another blind man who is now made able to what? See, okay? Um, verse, Matthew chapter 20, verse 29 through 34. It says, as Jesus and the disciples left the town of Jericho, a large crowd followed behind. Two blind men, say blind men, were sitting beside the road. And when they heard that Jesus was coming that way, they began shouting, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. And the crowd around him said, be quiet. But they only shouted louder, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when Jesus heard them, he stopped and called, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, they said, we want to see. Jesus felt sorry or had compassion on them and touched their eyes, and instantly they could see. And then they followed him. Again, here's another story about blind men who were able to or received their sight. These blind men who received their sight. Okay? I don't care what age in which you live, if a blind man receives his sight, that's quite a miracle, isn't it? And so these, these, these blind men so far in this story, all of them received their sight, and all of them responded to Jesus who was around them. In other words, the answer was Jesus. They responded to it by calling out to him, Hey, son of David, have mercy on me. In other words, they, they were in the crowd. The blind men were in the crowd, and they weren't waiting for someone to do something for them. They weren't waiting for someone to, hey, Jesus, there's, there's my buddy Paul right over here. Could you, could you come and heal him? No, they said, let's take matters in our own hand. And I believe that's what God is talking about according to your faith. Take matters 
into our own hand. Don't put them in the hands of other people. Take matters in your own hands. In other words, they got out there. They knew Jesus was passing through. They said, let's get in the crowd. And, 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 and I'm assuming that Jesus must not have known they were blind. Because he says, well, you know, what can I do for you? Or maybe he did know they were blind, but maybe he wanted to know it specifically, you know, because maybe they wanted food. Maybe they wanted money. They've been used to begging, right? They've been used to asking for things. And so he said, you know, what, what is it that you want? Because he wanted to, to locate their faith. And, and the same is true for us. Really, many times when we're praying for people, it's really instead of doing a mass line, it's really better many times to ask people, what, what is it what you want? What, what are you up here for? What do you, because I may be praying for one thing, and they may be desiring another thing. So it's good to be specific so that God, because God is specific. Jesus asked him, said, what is it that you want? He said, I want to see. If he had asked for food, he probably, Jesus probably would have produced food for him. If he needed money, Jesus probably would have asked for money for him. But he said, I want to see. I, I desire to see. Is there anything too hard for God? I think Jesus is like, man, that alone shows you have faith. In other words, they didn't just back down on it and say, well, I better not ask that. Have you ever asked somebody for something and, um, and, and, and you wish you had to ask for more? <laughs> Anyone? I mean, think about it. Have you ever, 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 ever just wish, you know, man, maybe, maybe, or maybe you Maybe you are, are trying to work a deal out, and you're like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to ask for that. I'm, I better not ask for that. And, uh, and you just kind of close your mouth and not say anything. Oh, you might have missed out on something for not asking. You know, many times I think when we, when we uh, when especially in fundraising, sometimes uh, I think we just ask for too little. You know, sometimes I think we ask, we ask uh, you know, especially when you give like, uh, say, you know, if everybody could give $25. Well, why not, why not ask for more? All I can say is we can't do it. But Jesus says, ask the blind man, do you believe I'm able? Do you believe I'm able? And the blind man said, yeah. He says, according to your faith, be it unto you. If you, if you believe I'm, this is possible, then according to your faith, be it unto you. The last, the last story about the blindness is um, Matthew, Mark chapter 10 and verse 46. Now, we're going somewhere, and uh, I need you all to go with me on this. Mark chapter uh, 10 and verse 46. Then they reached Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. Now, what, what is common about all of these that we've looked at so far? All of them were where? Beside the road, right? They weren't at, at that home, right? They weren't, they weren't, you know, they were at, they were beside the road. In other words, I think they were, that's where they lived, many of them. That's where they begged at. That's where they were seeking help at, is beside the road. And so uh, when Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, many of the people yelled at him. But he only shouted louder. That's a step of faith. Son of David, have mercy on me. 
And when Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come here. So they called the blind man, cheer up, they said, come on, he's calling, he's calling you. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up, and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Again, he asked that question. Jesus asked, my rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, go for your faith has healed you. What was his faith? His faith was, yeah, I believe you're able. And yeah, I want it. And yeah, I want you to heal me. I want you to do it for me. I'm stepping out. Do you think there were other blind people during that time? You better believe it. Did all of them get healed? No, because not all of them stood up and said, hey, I want to see. I want to be made well. I want to be able to do for myself. I want to have a job. I want to have a family. I want to have a, a place I can a farm at. And I want to do my own thing. I want to take the limitations off of my life. Yes, I, that's me. And so instantly the man could see and follow Jesus down the road. Now, I, I read the stories. There's a lot of stories about faith. And we'll get into some of those as we move on in the power of faith. But I used the blind man because of this. I want you to show you the conditions of a blind man during the times of Jesus. The conditions of a blind man during the times of Jesus. Now listen to this. Uh, first of all, many that were blind were believed to have sinned. All right? They, they were believed to have been sinners, and that's why they had this, this, this blindness, is because they had sinned. And, and so they had a stigma about them, and people would look at them as though they must have done something wrong. That's why they had the conditions that they have. All right? Number two, they had very little opportunity for earning a living. Most were beggars. That's why you'd see many of them on the side of the streets. There's, a, there's a, the pool of Bethesda, and you'll find that, I think it's in Matthew chapter something. I'm not sure which one of them. But anyway, there's the, uh, the, there's the, the pool of Bethesda where there was a lame a paralytics and blind people there. And, and their whole thing was to stay there by that pool so that one day when the waters were stirred, they could jump down in the water and, uh, and receive whatever their, uh, a healing for their, whatever ailment. And we know that there was a man, a lame man, where Jesus came in, and Jesus walked up to him and said, you know, uh, uh, you know do you believe uh, I can make you whole? And he said, yeah, yeah, I believe. Uh, and he said, well, why, why aren't you? And he said, because nobody, I have nobody to put me down in the water. He says, do you want to be made well? And he said, yeah. And see, so he said, stand up, go, stand up right on your feet and, and, and walk away. And he did. He walked away and he was whole. So the, the blind people of that time, number one, they were, they were deemed in some ways uh, that had a stigma of having had sin or sin in their family. Uh, they, they couldn't make a living wage. They, they, they couldn't work. They didn't have... Um, uh, vocational things for them at that time that would allow them to go to work or, or work for themselves or be on their own. Uh, they had no political or religious influence. They had no status. And, and during that time, uh, if you were to have status, you would have had to either been in the political arena or you would have to be in the religious arena, one of the two. So they, they didn't have status, they didn't have influence, they didn't have positions 
as it were. Uh, number four, uh, they were dependent upon the human kindness of others. They were dependent upon human kindness and the willingness of others to help. In other words, they were dependent on social welfare. They were dependent upon welfare. The, 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 the welfare system at that time would, would have been, you know, people's kindness. Some way, somehow, uh, people would go, come by and help them. That's why they were on the streets. And so they were heavily dependent on people to do something good for them. Um, and, uh, and even so much so that in, 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 uh, amongst the, uh, the Jewish people and amongst the laws, that there was actually requirements to help uh, the blind or the lame or the lepers or, or, or people who are, who are in need. And number five, they were many times mistreated and many times marginalized and many times treated as an outcast. They were, they were get, again, hear this, they were treated as outcasts, they were marginalized, and they were mistreated. Okay? And lastly, they had no answer for their illness. During that time, there was no cure. And some of them just simply had cataracts over the eyes, which made it hard for them to see. Well, you know, some, they would deal with the cataracts in some ways. Sometimes they would put balm over their eyes. But by and large, there was really no cure for their ailment. And so, because of that, they lived in utter hopelessness. That sounds pretty dire, doesn't it? Stigma of it being a sin. No ability to earn a living wage. Having to live off of, of a welfare system. Being uh, marginalized and mistreated. And then having no cure on top of that. Is that, is that relatively hopeless? Y'all can talk to me. Yeah, that's, that's hopelessness. What else do you know that is kind of like that? Is there, is there anything that, 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 that we know of that is similar to that? Mental illness would be that way. Some people have that, that situation. What about, look closer to home to where we are right now in, our, in our, the climate in which we're now living in. Is that not similar to what we're, we're battling with right now? Stigma? Inability to have a, a living wage? Earning a living wage? Am I right? Marginalized? Mistreated? Y'all a little more quiet than the, the early service. Y'all should be awake. And seemingly no answer. No one around them, not the government, not the doctors, not anyone had an answer for them. Yet every single one of those blind people received their sight. Every single one of them who called out to Jesus according to their faith, they received their sight. In a 
completely, totally uh, opposing system in which they were subjected to, they all received their sight. Where am I going? I'm going that, 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 that the climate in which we are fighting for, and I want to be very clear that there's no wrong in, 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 in fighting for equality and fighting for the, the rights of others. Hopefully someone was fighting for the rights of these blind people. But they were still out there begging. They were still out there trying to make a living wage. They were still out there trying to get along. But they did have an answer. And that answer was, according to your faith, blind man, According to your faith, you can overcome the system in which you're living in. According to your faith, you can overcome the circumstances in which you're living in. It doesn't make the circumstances right. It doesn't make it, it, it so that the system is for you, as it were. But it does mean that you don't have to live and succumb to the system. The system was here before you came. It will be here after you leave. But you better find a way of overcoming the system. Will there be battles that need to be made for the system to be turned upright? And for there be more care for blind people in the future? You better believe it. Someone should be fighting that battle. But you cannot depend on it. You might be dead before that thing is made right. So what are you going to do up until that time? Are you going to sit back and complain and whine and talk about how you can't get ahead and nobody's going to do you anything for you and blah, 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 blah? Or are you going to get out on the street and say, Jesus, have mercy upon me. Jesus, come to me. Jesus, I need you right now. Jesus is the answer to the man's woe, the blind man's woe. And so I want to give you in this, I want to give you some some non-technical definitions of what faith is. We'll get to more technical definitions a little later on. But this is out of the book of George Logan here. But I believe it, it settles in with what we're believing. You see, the system itself was not made for blind people. It was made for people who could work. It was made for people who could get out there and get a job. It was made for people who came from the right families, come from the right religious settings, who were right, uh, part of the government. But it wasn't made for blind people. Is that understood? Nothing wrong with that necessarily. It just wasn't inclusive of all. And, and, I, and I said this earlier this morning, and I pray no one gets offended by this. Uh, but Dr. Price said this uh, many years ago in a meeting. He was talking about, um, he was talking about uh, the system, and he said these words. And please don't get offended. Uh, and you know those that listen to us, he said, if if you are white in America, and you're not successful, you need to have your butts kicked. You know, I said that he didn't say that to be mean or mean-spirited. He was saying that the system is made for you. The system is made and created for you. The system is created in such a way where there's privileges and there's favors and there's people who are looking out for you because of the color of your skin. And, 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 and that's not a, a, a problem with, with white people. You don't have to cease being white because of that. You just got to admit that, yeah, the system makes, works out pretty good for me. Most of the people that are going to take me up higher, most of them look like me. Well, that's not the case for most, for the black people. 
But it's also not the excuse for our lack of success either. Because, see, if indeed there is a big distinction between white and black so that one can, can uh, uh, accomplish more than the other, can do better than the other, then that would, we would have to believe that black people are inferior in intellect and, and don't work as hard. That's what we would have to conclude. That we are inferior intellectually and that we just don't work hard. And that's not true. We are, we, we, when I say we, black people work just as hard as any white person or any yellow person or any green person or any purple person or anything else, uh, aggregately. However, and, 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 and that doesn't mean that white people don't work hard because they do work hard. It's just that the system is better developed for if you are of a lighter hue, it's just, that's just the truth of it. It's nothing, it's not, it's not a prejudicial, it's not, it's just the way it is. Because if it were not that, then that wouldn't mean that one race is superior intellectually and superior as far as just working harder. You know, sometimes people say, well, you need to pull, your, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Well, you got to have some bootstraps. <laughs> you got to have something to pull them up with. So what am I saying? Am I now going to give us an excuse for why? Because the system is so against us, that's why we just now have to just say, you know, we're just going to be... So no, what I'm telling you in this story is that each and every one of those blind men defied the system. Each and every one of those blind men, they overcame the system. And what I'm telling us today is we as men and women of God, no matter what kind of system we find ourselves in, we can overcome it. We can overcome it. And I'm not just talking about black or white here. I'm talking about in general, no matter what you find yourself in, you can overcome the culture. You can overcome family woes because those things are equal across the board. People are equally damaged families, equally damaged in health, equally damaged mentally. There, there, there is no, um, uh, there, there, there is no uh, prejudices uh, against uh, people who are going to be sick, people who are going to have uh, families, divorces, husbands and wife can't get along. Hey, 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 that's equal. Am I right? That's equality. <laughs> the enemy is fighting all of them, and all of them are busted and disgusted uh, relative to um, uh, uh, the system of how the enemy seeks to, de seek to destroy and, and, and tear up. But here's what we know. Here, here's, here's the statements. Number one, faith is, and you better write this down, faith is the great equalizer. I said faith is the great equalizer. Faith is the great equalizer. You see, things before faith comes may be like this. I heal that you have to kind of work hard to get on top of and some people are already at the top and you're still having to go up. Some people's plane is like this, your plane is like this. But faith is the great equalizer. Faith gives us all the same run at it. It equalizes. It allows us to tap into another source so that we don't have to depend on the system. 
So though the system is against us, we can still still have what the system is producing for some, even though it's against us. Are you understanding me? The system which is set up by the devil himself and the system that the Bible tells us that we're not wrestling against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers and wicked things in high places. That system has given us the ability to overcome that. So when we talk about the equalizer or the equality, Jesus is the one who gives us equality. What did Jesus do for those blind people? He gave them equality with the rest of the people out there. Now they can do what? They can go get a job. (laughs) They can go through the city and go to the parks and the recreations and, and they can go places they couldn't go before because now they can see. But the same is true for you and I. When we tap into the word of God, he releases in us the ability to go and do and be whatever God wants us to go do and to be. Because now we've been made well. By who? By Jesus. So he's a great equalizer. Don't ever, ever think anymore, any longer, that you are not on equal playing ground. You are on equal playing ground in the kingdom. Not in this system, but in the kingdom you are. This is the victory that overcomes the world. What world? The world system, the world's way of doing and being. This is the victory that overcomes even our faith. Faith is the great equalizer. I'm so glad of it. Number two, faith defeats defeats victimization and eliminates excuses. Faith defeats victimization and eliminates excuses. Sometimes you got to ask people, you know, and I know it's not no one in this room, but I know you know somebody. I know you got a family member who's complaining about the government, complaining about the white man, the black man, the whoever, and you ask them to get up in the morning and go look for a job, and they can't get up in the morning and go look for a job. Who, who, who's defeated you? Who, 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 who made it so that you couldn't get out of bed this morning and at least go look for a job? Yet all of the talk is about how bad it is and how you can't. And 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 I'm not saying, I'm not dismissing that or discounting that it is a system that is against some certain people. But I am saying that this is the victory that overcomes the world. We can't sit around any longer and make excuses for laziness. We can't make excuses for failure, not as a believer. As an unbeliever, you can, but as a believer, you can no longer use uh, failure uh, and lack of success as as, uh, an excuse that somebody is holding you down. Somebody's not letting you get in. Now, that would be right if God was subject to the systems of this world. But God's kingdom is above this kingdom. God's kingdom is far more real than this kingdom. Jesus is far more real than anything else. And we got to get this as a tremendous paradigm shift 
in what God is wanting to do in your lives. Otherwise, you and I will forever be the victims and ever sit around talking about our excuses as to why we can't get ahead, why we can't make it, why it's so difficult. We could have been just like the blind folk who's sitting there, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm just going to live out my days and die one day. Hopefully somebody will just come by and give me some money. That, I don't like those control measures. I don't like the fact that i got to wait for somebody to do something for me. Do we not work for an equal system? Do we not? Yes, we do. But I ain't waiting for it. I'm going to tap into God. I'm going to believe God. Excuses. And victims. And la na 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 We don't do that. But it doesn't mean that we don't fight either for the rights of others. That is not what I'm saying. Listen. So we defeats victimization and eliminates excuses. Uh, when, when, I was, uh, when I just got saved, when I hadn't been saved that long, and I was with some friends of mine, and we were talking about, um, you, know, uh, you know, just what you talk about amongst friends, you know, how, you know, you know the system and the government and the da-da-da-da-da-da-da, and they were talking. They weren't saved yet. They did get saved eventually. And, and, I, and I told him, just in a very innocent, pure childlike faith. I said, nobody can hold me down. And, and it was offensive to them. They were offended. I remember fussing with them about it. They were offended by it. They came back to me later and said, we were offended by what you said. But I said, no, no one can keep me down. No one can tell me what I can have or cannot have. No one can tell me where I can go and, or cannot go. No, 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 that's, that's not their role in my life. Because I tapped into something. Otherwise, I'd been talking just like them. Yeah, woe is me, man. I tried to get that job. They won't let me have it. You know, I tried to get a promotion. They won't let me go. And I'm not saying any of those things are not real things. They are, there are, there are those types of, of um, resistance that is out there. So what are you going to do? Bow your head and go into your corner and say you quit? Throw up your hands? Throw in the towel? Yeah. Round one, I, I quit, man. He hit me so hard, I quit. I'm done. I, I ain't getting back up, you know. And many have. Many have. Many have stopped fighting. Many are alcoholics today. Many are drug abusers today. Many are abusive to their wives and their, and their, and their, and their children or, or wives even abusive to their husbands because they've not seen a way out. So they're all in it together and they're fighting one another because they can't get out of the system. But isn't it good to know that we don't have to be a victim any longer? Amen. And this is not a message for black people or for white people or, or any other race of people. This is a message for the gospel. You know what? There were, there were probably black blind folk. There were probably white blind folk. There were probably white, uh, red blind folk. There were probably yellow blind people. But all of them, didn't, it didn't matter when Jesus came along. They could all get their needs met through the system. Number three. 
The answer for all who are considered the underdogs. Faith is the answer to everyone who is considered the underdogs. I'm so glad. I remember when I found that out. That I didn't have to be the underdog, the underclass any longer. Listen to this. Listen to a definition of the underdog. And you see if you, were, if you, are, you identify with this. How many of you are the weaker, the weaker party? How many of you are the victim? How many of you are the prey? How many of you are the loser? How many of you are the scapegoat? How many of you all would consider yourself the little fellow, the little guy, the the stooge. When you're making your confessions of faith, God, I want to just thank you today that I'm the lesser. I'm the loser. I'm the little guy. I'm the small guy. I'm the little fellow. I'm the weaker. In Jesus' name. He doesn't tell any of us to make that kind of confession, does he? Wake up in the morning, oh, thank you for, I'm just a loser today. I'm just the best loser ever. That's all I do is lose. No, if that don't grate against your spirit, that doesn't do something to you. The answer for all who are considered the underdogs. Well, I used to be an underdog, but I'm an overdog now. Number four, it changes our perspective and outlook on what can or cannot be. Or what can or cannot, or what we can or cannot do. How many of you realize, especially those of you of the, of the darker hue, how many of you grew up in the 70s watching Good Times? I'm going to see how well y'all know this. You, you watched Good Times growing up? You did? I ain't believing that. <laughs> you tell telling the story. You ain't watched no Good Times. You, you did? Oh, my goodness. Okay, all right. Well, anyway, at the end of every good time show, let's say, for instance, James. James got a job at the beginning of the show. Everybody's happy. Everybody's good. What happened to James by the end of the show? The dude done lost his job, right? I don't care what it was. It wasn't his fault either. He just lost a job. And every show, I think most of them ended like that. Some, it was never a way out. It always ended in a way that you, it's something, it, it, whatever could go wrong did go wrong. If there hadn't been, not been any uh, bad news, there would be no news at all, right? I mean, it was always that. It was always, and you just kind of got conditioned, laughed about it, giggled about it, thought it was really funny. But James and his wife, Esther, it was Esther, right? No, that's, Esther was the name, her real name. Florence, Florence, Florida. Florida. What? Florida, Florida. Florida. That was her name. I thought it was, the Florence was there, though, right? 
When, oh, I'm mixing the shows up. <laughs> All right, okay, so, so I, really, it was Florida, for real. I, see, that's new to me. But how many of you realize that that, that kind of conditioning that kind of cultural reality, the norm of the way we thought things were supposed to be that way. We're just kind of like, supposed to, it's just not, nobody's supposed to get ahead. But God sent his word. And that's what we want people to know, isn't it? Isn't that what we want people to, to get a hold of? Listen to this last one here, this last definition of, of faith. Uh, again, this is these. The first four were were just things that I, I believe God gave me as, as 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 definitions of what faith is, and there's a lot more that are far more technical than these. Faith is, and this is a, a quote: "Faith is the conduit along which what Jesus is able to bring is channeled to a specific point of need." Faith is the conduit along which what Jesus is able to bring is channeled to a specific point of need. That's just a good definition. In other words, uh, conduit. Faith is the conduit. Faith faith is the channel whereby um, whatever need you have, it it can get to you on this channel. Now, now, now that that begs the question, uh, as or or it begs us to to de- decide to put it on the what? Put it on the right channel, right? And, and and listen to me. Nobody has the remote in their hands but you. You decide what channel to put it on. You can put it on the channel of this world, and all you're going to get is you ain't going to get ahead. Man's going to get you. You can't beat the system. Or you can turn it over to the Jesus channel, and he's going to say, Tell me, me, do you think I'm able to do this? According to your faith bid unto you, it's on that channel. And we turn it to that channel. And we leave it on that channel. And we believe God from that channel. And we dare not change it from that channel. I mean, how many of you will be honestly, even you that are listening to us uh, online, will honestly say that my life has become... uh, has become exponentially better when I turned it on the channel of Jesus Christ and began to believe his word and wake up in the morning and listen to that channel even more so that I have to eliminate my excuses for not being successful. I know, I know, and I'm certain you all as well have family members. You try to, you try to get them to turn it to the channel. You try to put the remote in their hands and tell them to turn it to that channel. You, you try to do everything, pray them on to the channel, do everything, and they won't ever go to the channel. Yet they complain about everything. Have excuses as to why they can't make it, why they're forever the victim. And you tell them, no, t- turn, 
could you please turn it to the channel, please? And they turned it to every channel but that one. Matter of fact, they zoomed past that one. And if you ever seen it, where there's channels on your television where you go bump, 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 and then bump, bump, and then on to the next few. Some people do that with their faith. You want more for them, but they, they just don't want to turn there. You want to give it, let them know that you don't forever have to be a part of the system. Bible tells us that many are the afflictions of man, but God delivers the righteous out of them all. Either that's true, or we need to just turn the whole doggone television off. Either that's true, or we're missing something. Joshua 1, 1 says, Joshua 1, 8 says, uh, if you meditate upon the word of God day and night, and and uh, observe to do everything that's in them, you shall have good success. So either we choose to live by what the Word of God is telling us and say, yeah, there is a roof, rough system that is, that is um, uh, governed by, orchestrated by the devil himself that is against us, but I'm not going to bow down to it. Because the Bible tells me that Jesus made an open show of all of my enemies and paraded them publicly through the streets to show them you have now been dismantled. And so I, you, we should choose to believe what the Word of God says about us. Choose to believe that way. And, and, and while at the same time, fight for those who are still the victims of this wretched system. The system, the demonic system. The demonic system. The system of affliction. The system of oppression that is this wholly demonic. We fight for that. First through prayer and then whatever the Spirit of God leads us to do. So, faith is the great equalizer, right? It's the great equalizer. It, it defeats victimization and eliminates excuses. You can't, you can't go out making up excuses anymore. Well, they won't let me do this. And, and that, you know, no, 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 no. Don't even let your children get away with it. They won't let me. I just got I don't know. No, no, no. Just sell it. I don't want to hear no excuses. The answer to everyone who's been considered an underdog changes our perspective and our outlook on what we can do and what we cannot do. And lastly, it's the conduit in which Jesus is able to bring specific channel to us the specific points of our need. I'm so glad. I'm so happy about that. Are you all not? I'm so glad about it because if not, listen, if not, some of us would never ever be able to gain an advantage apart from just hard work which never seems to get you very far. Because no matter how hard you work, they keep moving the carrot. But Jesus is not that way.
Say amen if you believe this. There's hope for us, is that? We can defy the system. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the power of faith. We know that you are able to to heal the blind man, the outcast, the marginalized, those who didn't have the ability to do for themselves, those who were subject to the whims and the generosity of others, those who were dependent upon others and not you. Thank you that we see ourselves in those blind men who were able to reach out and call on you, saying, Son of David, come, come heal me. We say that the same to you today. Help us by your grace to overcome this system, the system of this world, the system that is demonically um, demonically uh, run and operated. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. We thank you for it now. While heads are bowed and eyes are still closed and believers are praying, you may be here, you may be watching us online this morning, and you may say that, you know what, this, this message meant a lot to me as, I, as I'm hearing it. I, I hear God speaking to me how I've made up excuses and I've always played the victim role and said that someone else is keeping me down. I'm here to tell you that Jesus is your way out. He is the anointed one who destroys the burdens that are in our life and removes any kinds of yokes or things that hold us down. He is the answer. And it's as simple as asking him to come into your life. That's how we call out to him today. No matter who's around you, you may be there listening to us uh, online, uh, you know, drinking a cup of coffee or along with family members or friends. You can still make this declaration to come out and to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So if you're here and here online and you say, Pastor Logan, I'm not saved, I'm not born again, but I want to receive Jesus into my heart and into my life today. Or maybe you want to rededicate your life to the Lord. Maybe you've, you've, you've just bought into somebody has uh, your destination and you can't get out from under their control and you want to renew and, and rededicate your life to the Lord or assure yourself of your salvation, this would be the time to do so. So if you would pray this prayer for me this morning. God in heaven, your word declares that if I would confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead, that I shall, I shall be saved. Jesus, come into my life today. I receive you as my Lord and as my Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You've been listening to the Change Lives, Changing Lives radio broadcast, a ministry of New Day Christian Church. Please visit us at our website at www.newdaycc.com. Again, that's www.newdaycc.com. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, please tell others. And if you ever get the opportunity, please come visit us at New Day Christian Church.